Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Merle Haggard was a great singer-songwriter who made an art out of scripting iconic lines like, I wish a buck was still silver. It was back when the country was strong. Today's liberal agenda has somehow made an art out of turning wine into water, the supernatural into the natural, and diminished the beautiful into the ordinary committed to a tolerance of evil, as if it were some type of virtue. Just the fact that 7 million men between the ages of 25 and 59 who could work are simply not looking for work today. We ask why. While the hag sang about a former time when a man could still work and still would. And of course this raises the question, are the good times really over for good? History tells that the ancient Greeks were open-minded, but they did not tolerate everything. Their eagerness to ask questions and their determination to judge others and themselves critically was rooted deep in their culture. St. Anthony Mary Claret spoke of Christian perfection as virtue which comes by praying heroically, working heroically, and suffering heroically. And Dr. Jordan Peterson tells us, Wear the world lightly, not heavy like a yoke. Enjoy the results of your labor. There's nothing wrong with that. Just bear in mind that nothing lasts forever. Like the beauty we see in a fireworks display, in that brief moment, then it's gone. But in that moment, we receive a glimpse of some great awe, something beautiful. Like in those moments, we think of the free life, when we will walk with God in the garden again. Today, men need a little bit more restraint, a little bit more sacrifice, and a little bit more of a call to responsibility. Because this is counter to the common mantras of not getting enough personal opportunity, not having enough rights or enough respect that we so commonly hear. Yet those who think in such a manner already have Amazon and pornography at their fingertips, and that's not cutting it. Maybe it's time to move on to something deeper. Peterson goes on to explain a 2016 study of woke ideals, then more commonly understood as simply the liberal agenda. The single most identifiable characteristic among those who adhered to such liberal values was, get this, a lack of intellect, which is somewhere below the mind of a child. In the biblical story, God is telling us that he didn't create man because he needed man for anything. He created man so that he could love man unconditionally. And a childlike faith can understand this. And all man has to do is by his own free will, love God back. But of course, that's a big responsibility to love God back. It's no light matter. It's the kind of love that is willing the good of the other. But again, children can understand this. Did you ever know a 12-year-old boy? 12-year-old boys are in that delicate time between the end of boyhood and the beginning of hormones, like a grape when it's fully ripe, full of sugar, just before it's going to enter the wine press or get stomped on by some girl's feet. 12-year-old boys are in that perfect time frame of life where they can clearly understand that even though there are 5 billion people on the planet, their mother is the only one who is the perfect mother for them. But in the coming days, this clarity will come to an end. Because this grape is going to be pressed, it will begin to ferment in the presence of hormones and move in a direction like toward a finished wine. 
Some say it is the soil more than the grapes that make the difference. Grapes that grow in clay grow fast and big, but have very little taste, while grapes that grow in chalky soil grow slower and big, yet have more taste. Like men who receive too much too soon versus men who receive discipline and instruction over time. You can end up with a wine that bites at the end versus the smooth finish of the one which time has allowed it to develop its prudence, temperance, and justice. A more courageous wine. And then, of course, there is the maturing process, the aging, the right barrel to age in, the temperature, and, of course, time. How does one raise a boy to be a man? If you ask a winemaker how to make a fine wine, you will discover that there are many factors, but they will all tell you something of the same, that to make a fine wine with body and a smooth finish, you have to make it carefully, patiently. But every maker of a fine wine has his own process, and every good apprentice follows through the same. So the same is true of raising boys to men. Peterson would say, if you put forth second-rate thoughts because you have been afraid to face critical examination, then the boy will act out those second-rate thoughts, bringing you no end of grief. But if you have the mind of a sensible thinker, you would subject your thoughts to the most critical analysis. You might say it is something like removing the chaff from the wheat so that what you have left is the closest thoughts to purity as you can attain. Filling a young mind with the idea of autonomy of self and its virtue of tolerance that supports it will only create a mind that thinks nonsensically and torments you. It's said that when Aquinas finished his great work, the Summa Theologica, it is said that he laid it on the altar before God. It is also said that he heard God ask of him, What do you want, Thomas? And the great saint replied, Non nisi te domini. Nothing but you, Lord. Fathers must choose wisely, pray heroically, work heroically, suffer heroically, raising boys to men. I ask you this. If the authority of a general is made manifest in the actions of those he commands, does our world improve on its own or only when men take action? Remember this. There is no more important thing than raising boys up to be godly men. As my good friend would say, you better work that idea over like a rented mule. In the 4th century, St. Cyril of Jerusalem taught that in Christ there were two persons, one human and one divine. This is why Christ knows us so well in our humanness, and a child can understand why Christ hears our prayers so willingly. The saint prayed for us. Let us then, my brethren, endure in hope. Let us devote ourselves side by side with our hoping so that the God of all the universe, as he beholds our intentions, may cleanse us from all sins, fill us with high hopes with what we have in hand, and grant us the change of heart that saves. Well, the hag simply said, stop rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell. Because the best of the free life is still yet to come. And the good times ain't over for good. Ain't it so? 
This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.